At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Satterberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. A super wild card weekend is in the books. The Rams taking care of the Arizona Cardinals on Monday night football. And uh, for as atrocious a game it was, I'm thankful once again that we had a Manning cast to watch. Uh, I watched the Manning cast and watched them interview um, The Rock. And uh, it, rather than, you know, watch the game and listen to the announcers and just be terribly bored by how pathetic the Arizona Cardinals were. But now the Rams will advance to take on the Tampa Bay Bucks in a rematch of a game that we saw earlier this season. In fact, of the four games that we have in the divisional round of the playoffs, three of them are rematches. And those, if we're ranking the games, are the three better games, I guess, that we're going to see. Uh, it starts on Saturday, 49ers-Packers, a rematch of a game that we saw in week three of the season that was in Santa Clara where the 49ers scored a touchdown with 37 seconds left to take a lead over the Packers. But Aaron Rodgers, with no timeouts left, a couple of plays to Devontae Adams, Got the Packers in field goal range. Packers won that game. That's the first rematch. On Sunday, we have two rematches. Rams and Bucks earlier this year in L.A. went to the Rams. They were able to utilize the deep ball, specifically Deshaun Jackson, and they were able to beat the Bucks. Matthew Stafford had a great game through four touchdowns, and the Bucks had no running game whatsoever. That's another rematch we will see. And the Bills and Chiefs, a rematch from a game that we saw in week five where the Bills just dominated the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes threw two interceptions, also lost a fumble. He was responsible for three of the four turnovers for the Kansas City Chiefs in that game. And that was a different Kansas City Chiefs team from the one that we have seen for the last several weeks. The Chiefs through the first five, six games of the season, not very good defensively. There was just something off about them. I mean, everyone, we were writing them off. Like, everybody was writing them off. Like, if I go to, if I go right now up on ESPN.com and I go to the actual uh, game here for the Bills the first thing that pops up is a video where it says Stephen A. declares the Chiefs done after loss to the Bills. <laughs> I mean, but this is what we were doing. Like, think about where we were at that point of the season. The Kansas City Chiefs start the year with an escape victory over the Cleveland Browns. 
Then they lose to the Ravens and the Chargers. They beat the Eagles and lose to the Bills. So they're two and three. And at that point, you're like, this Chiefs team is just off. They had that streak of not covering games going back to last season. And it was what? It was like one game, one time in the last 16 games or 17 games that the Chiefs covered a spread. It was just a terrible ATS run. Then they beat Washington, and you're like, okay, all right, you know what? I think they corrected some things. But then they get blown out by the Titans. And still, question marks about the Kansas City Chiefs. But from that moment on, this was a different team. From that moment on, the Kansas City Chiefs were the best defense in the NFL. And the offense, they were just as good as they always are. And the Chiefs went out there and won, what, seven, eight straight games? Eight straight wins. They lose to the Bengals, but they beat the Broncos. They wrap up the division. They finish the year 12-5 and and the two-seed in the AFC playoffs. This rematch is one that I guarantee you the Chiefs were waiting for. Just like the first game here. That game was a game that the Bills had circled on their calendar. Thinking, hey, we lose in the AFC Championship game. We come so close, so close to getting to the Super Bowl. So close. AFC Championship game in Arrowhead. So close. They had a 9-0 lead over the Kansas City Chiefs after the first quarter. And then the Chiefs just absolutely rolled, taking a 21-12 lead into the half. Then the Bills made it, you know, tried to make it close. It was 24-15, the Bills. I mean, then the the Chiefs then back-to-back touchdowns. This game is over. 38-24, the final score. As the Bills who won 13 games during the regular season, who made it to the playoffs, they come up short. And they miss out on a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And that loss sticks with you. So coming into this year, knowing that they were going to Arrowhead in week five, that game was circled on the calendar And they came in ready and hungry. And they outplayed Kansas City, and they beat them up, and they got their revenge. Now it's the other way around. Now the Kansas City Chiefs have been waiting all season for a chance to get back at the Buffalo Bills for that embarrassment in Week 5. And... They've been sitting here all season just getting back to where they were, knowing that at their best, 
No one's beating them. No one in the AFC, at least. And so that's where they are right now. I mean, look at that performance against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That was dominant. That was the Chiefs. And the Chiefs at their best with Patrick Mahomes doing the things that he, he's capable of doing and with that defense playing well. No one's beaten them in the AFC. I know the Bills with their defense, best defense in the league, they are going to be a tough test. But this is a completely different team from what we saw and what the Bills saw in week five of the regular season. This, to me, is the most intriguing game of the divisional round of the playoffs, and I love that it's the last game. Like, we are building up to this Bills-Chiefs game. Because, I mean, the schedule's just perfect. The schedule almost goes like an order of importance. It's like we're... Not well, every game is important, but you know what I'm saying. It's like an order of in order of uh popularity. Like the game, like this is Cincinnati, Tennessee is a little warm-up. Then we get to the Packers and the 49ers. All right, now we're into it. And then main course time. Rams and Bucks. And then our favorite part of the meal, the dessert. Where we get to just savor everything. And that's the Bills-Chiefs on Sunday night. This is the best weekend of the season. You have the eight best teams. It's the best weekend of football. Much better than this super wild card weekend, which saw the blowouts and really only one competitive game. Maybe one and a half, if you want to talk about the Raiders and the Bengals. But this coming weekend... Best weekend of the year. Championship Sunday is okay. And then we got to wait two weeks where we get the Pro Bowl and then we get the Super Bowl. But this weekend, four games, doubleheader Saturday, doubleheader Sunday, best eight teams in the league, best weekend of the year. Nobody bothered me. We saw favorites go 5-1 and one in the Super Wild Card round. And the one upset was actually a very publicly bet dog. If you look at the betting splits, a lot of action on the 49ers. So it wasn't exactly a like a total upset or like a shocking upset. It was the lowest spread of the weekend, and it was a game that saw the underdog actually be the public side. So what are we going to see in the divisional round? Will it be all chalk with the home teams? Will it be a reversal of the wild card round? And will it be all dogs? Or will we see a mix? You see, in my opinion, there will be at least one underdog that wins. I don't think we're getting 4-0 Chuck. There will be at least one underdog that wins. Maybe two. Don't think we're getting three. We'll go over exactly which teams have the best chance to pull that off. Coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S. 
O-N-A-I-R. Hit us all up at VSIN Live. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on vsin, the sports betting network. Uh, when taking a look at um, this divisional round schedule, obviously, uh, I mentioned how it kind of goes in order of importance. Well, not importance, but order of the ones that we're more interested in. Um, and when it comes to the first game, the spread is very interesting. And I think the matchup, I think it's completely one-sided. But could we see people getting in on the dog? Or will the favorite be pushed up even further? Earlier on VSIN, DraftKings Sportsbook Director Johnny Avello joined uh, our very own Jonathan Von Tobel to talk about the first of the divisional round matchups. Cincinnati, Tennessee is obviously going to lead us off on Saturday because it seems like it's the most boring game on the board. Uh, but this was interesting. Some spots opened two and a half last night. Now we're up to three and a half at a lot of spots. But what do you make of this matchup, John? Where do you expect this number to go? Because, you know, the Titans are getting healthier, right? They're getting these role players back, specifically uh, Derrick Henry. And this is a really banged up Bengals defensive line. Uh, you know, what a, you couldn't ask for a better situation if you're the Titans. Yep. You know, get to get the week off, get healthy, come back. Now, Cincinnati just played a game, and it was a tough game, and that works well for them too. I mean, they're they're in playoff mode. Joe Burrow looked really good. Uh, this is not a cakewalk for the Titans. We did open this three. We're up to three minus twenty. This thing could get to possibly three and a half. I think there'll be some take back if it does get there, but there's there's a chance it will probably make it to three and a half total. Uh, 47 and a half was the opener. We're sitting at 47 right now. In uh, the news today, of course, uh, the Bengals did lose defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi for the rest of the field, carted off during the weekend game with a foot injury, and he is going to be on injured reserve. So he is done for the postseason for the Cincinnati Bengals. Big loss against a team uh, that is um, going to face one of the best rushing offenses in the NFL. What, what, John, what do you make of Tennessee overall? Because if you look at like the advanced metrics and the profile, they don't really check a ton of boxes, but this is also a team that's been kind of shorthanded, and like they just won games like ridiculously. Yeah, when you go back to look about three quarters through the season, yeah. uh, they were looking like, you know, this this might be the year for this team. Overall, you know, quarterback-wise, they're, they're, they're above average. Certainly need Henry. You know, without Henry, this I don't know how far a team like this could go. Uh, so, you know, it's to me, it's all about him. It's always been about him. You know, taking a look at this matchup, uh, I, I I don't think that you can convince me to bet on the Cincinnati Bengals. And and with all due respect to everything that Cincinnati has accomplished, I think it's a terrible spot for them. 
and uh, I'm on the Titans. And uh, the spread has actually gone to three and a half. So uh, Johnny Avello said that they were at three. It was juiced at the three. Now we're seeing three and a half, although up on DraftKings, the three and a half of the Bengals is juiced at minus 120. This thing could get back down, but uh, I think it's going to be the other way, and I think the Titans are going to win this. I think the Titans are going to cover this. Uh, just digging up some nuggets here. I'm trying to do a little research as I'm doing the show um, on divisional round history. And uh, I found that since 2012, home teams in the divisional round are 31-9 and nine, straight up. Home teams, Titans, Packers, Bucks, Chiefs. Uh, as far as the number one seeds, so you're looking at the Packers and the Titans, since 2007, one seeds are just 10, 18, and two against the spread. So home field has mattered. They've won the game straight up. Last year it was one and one. Uh, the Packers won and covered. The Chiefs did not. That was the game that Patrick Mahomes got knocked out. The line was eight. They only won by uh, five or six. So number one seeds, not that great ATS. So does that change my opinion on the Titans? No, it doesn't really. Um, Obviously, three and a half is not a good number. So going to wait to see if I can get this at three uh, or just money line it. I mean, right now, the money line on the Titans, minus 180, a little hefty. uh, But... If you money line parlay it with the Packers, plus 116. And I do not believe the Packers are losing. I'm sorry. Just don't see it. Packers have been the best team all season long. And yes, I know the first time that those two teams played, it was close. But uh, don't see it happening this year. Don't see the Packers losing to the 49ers. Keep in mind... That 49ers win over the Dallas Cowboys was not that impressive. To me, and I'm sorry if it sounds like I'm taking the win away from the 49ers, but it was more about the Dallas Cowboys losing that game. I thought Dallas played terribly. I thought the play calling was terrible. I thought the execution was terrible. And so, you know... Looking at at the 49ers, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's, he's bound to make that one mistake and it almost cost them against the Cowboys. That bad overthrow interception almost cost them. I mean, you can't do that against the Green Bay Packers. And, and this is what I think is going to be the biggest difference is that, okay, the 49ers got the football first against the Cowboys, and they just were able to run right against them. They cut through them like a hot knife through butter, scored a touchdown, took an early lead. But then the Cowboys did absolutely nothing. I I mean, you want to talk about ineptitude like we did with the Arizona Cardinals. The Dallas Cowboys had nothing going on until the third time they touched the football when they were finally able to get a first down uh, or they were finally able, not just first, they are finally able to move the football down the field and they scored to make it 13-7. to 
and then they punt again, and the Cowboys touched the football four times in the first half, and they got seven points. That's not going to be the case with the Green Bay Packers. It's just not. When the Packers get the football, they're going to score touchdowns. When these two teams played, the last time they played, Packers got the football one, two, three, four, five times. So a little bit different than, you know, we talked about the the Cowboys getting the ball um, four times and only getting seven points. The Packers got the ball five times in the first half against the 49ers. They scored 17 points and should have had at least 20 because on one of their possessions, they had fourth and short from the three-yard line, and instead of kicking the field goal, they were up 10-0 at that point. Instead of kicking a field goal to go up 13-0, they went for it on fourth and short from the three-yard line, and Aaron Rodgers threw an incomplete pass. So instead of being up 13-0 or 17-0, it was still a 10-0 game, and it wound up being a 17-7 first half. So of the five possessions the Packers got in the first half, they went field goal, touchdown, punt, Turnover at the three-yard line after they missed a, went for it on fourth down and didn't get it, and then touchdown. They could have scored 24 points in the first half. That's the difference. The Packers will not allow this 49ers team to play with a lead. They are going to force Jimmy Garoppolo to beat them through the air. They're going to force the 49ers to come back against them, and credit the 49ers because they were able to do that the last time these two teams played. But it was the late touchdowns. And in the playoffs, just don't see that lack of focus, if you will, that it was the same in week three of the regular season. I think in the playoffs, Packers close it out. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. I I mean, I'm going to keep digging up these trends throughout the week, but seeing home teams and their success in the divisional round of the playoffs, I just think it's going to continue. We'll explain more coming up next. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all new Big Game Big Dance special provides VSIN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bets emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming Big Game and College Hoops betting guides, plus full access to vsin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit vcin.com slash big deal to sign up today. 
Scott Satterberg back here with you. It is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Taking a look at some of the trends for the divisional round of the playoffs. First off, let's look back at last year's divisional round of the playoffs. Packers on, on the Saturday, Packers at home beat the Rams 32 18. The Bills at home defeated the Ravens 17 3. On Sunday, the Chiefs, after losing Patrick Mahomes to an injury, beat, uh, it was the concussion, right, that Patrick Mahomes left the game with. The Chiefs beat the Browns 22-17. The Bucks went on the road and beat the Saints 30-20. Home teams in the divisional round, 31-9 straight up since 2012. In fact... Home teams since 2009, 33, let's see, let's do some math here. So it was 33 and 11, and they went 3 and 1 last year, so 36 and 12 since 2009. So 31 and 9 since 2012, 36 and 12 straight up since 2009. Now, this is really interesting. Saturday home teams versus Sunday home teams. (laughs) Saturday home teams over the last 12 seasons in the divisional round of the playoffs, 21 and three straight up. Last year's Saturday teams went 2 and 0. This year's Saturday teams are your. Tennessee Titans, and your Green Bay Packers. On Sunday, a little different. Sunday, the home teams 17 and 15 straight up. So home teams on Sundays, 17 and 15 straight up in the last 12 seasons. And your home teams on Sunday are the Bucks against the Rams, and the Chiefs against the Bills. So what does that tell you? History will tell you that more likely for the upsets to occur on the Saturday than, on the, excuse me, on the Sunday than the Saturday, which is exactly what I think is going to play out this year. Like, I'm absolutely on the Titans and the Packers to win on Saturday, and then on Sunday, I think we might see an upset or two. I certainly think the Bills can beat the Chiefs. I think the Rams can beat the Bucks. And the trends, although not overall, because overall, since 2012, home teams are 31 and 9 straight up. But in the last 12 seasons, those, the, the wins have been from the Saturday teams at home. The losses have been from the road teams. At home. You know, last 12 years, 21 and 3 straight up the home teams on Saturdays. 17 and 15, though, on Sundays. And how about this? Let's see. We're going to look for some more trends here. Uh, We have AFC home teams. We're, let's see, AFC home teams, because we have to look at last year's trends, see where we are. So the AFC home teams 
were the last 23 games, so we'll call them the last 25 games, the AFC home teams in the last 25 games, 18-7 and seven straight up. So the last 25 divisional round games, the AFC home teams, 18-7 and seven straight up. The NFC home teams since 2006, okay, are or uh, in that same span, I guess, or maybe actually a little longer. So, yeah. So since 2006, the NFC home teams are 23-9 and straight up. So we have AFC home teams last 25 games, 18-7 and straight up. NFC home teams 23-9 and since 2006. That's pretty interesting. One and one last year. The only road team that won last year was the Bucks going to New Orleans to beat the Saints. So that's really um, that's really interesting to see where we are here with some of these trends. And I'll have more of them because uh, our very own Steve Mackinnon does a great job on vcin.com. He's going to throw up some of these trends throughout the week. They'll be in this week's edition of Point Spread Weekly. So we will clearly uh, talk about that. And some more trends, but the ones that just jumped out to me, uh, home teams in the divisional round since 2012, 31-9 straight up. The Saturday home teams have been better than the Sunday home teams. And the number one teams, number one seeds, uh, have struggled a bit against the spread. So taking a look at the Titans and the Packers, ATS-wise, not so much maybe according to the trends, as opposed to just the straight-up victory. So if you want to do money line, Titans, Packers, plus 116, part of them together. ATS, though, Bengals plus 3.5, Niners plus 6, could be the way you want to lean. However, and I'll get the numbers exactly this week, but much like we saw in the wildcard round, there has been an overwhelming number of outright winners covering the spread on the divisional round of the playoffs, just like the wild card round. Maybe not as extreme as what we've seen in the wild card round, but we have seen it in the divisional round. So a lot of these teams, the home teams, especially if you think they're going to win, they can cover the line uh, or you know maybe take an underdog and play in them on the money line. Could be interesting. Mm, 49ers plus 205, the heaviest. Moneyline underdog of the weekend, followed by the um, Bengals are plus 155, Rams plus 135, and the Bills are plus 110. Those are your underdog money lines. Uh, couldn't find any trends on the totals, but again, coming up throughout the whole course of this week, our very own Steve Mackinnon will have those up on vcin.com and in Point Spread Weekly, so I'll share those with you throughout the week. But I think it's wild that the trends that I found on the straight-up wins kind of fall in line with where I'm leaning for my outright winners. I'm dead set on both the Packers and the Titans to advance. You're not going to get me to pick the 49ers. You're not going to get me to pick the Bengals. So that would fall right into that trend that, that I gave you about the home teams winning 
and the home teams on Saturdays winning. Now, on Sunday, I think we could see both underdogs win. I think those games are much harder to decide. And and that's I'm gonna it's gonna be real hard. We'll we'll talk to some people, we'll do our best and try and handicap those games. Plus, I'm very curious to see the line movement as the money starts to come in on both of these Sunday games. Currently, the Bucks are three-point favorites over the Rams, and the Chiefs are two and a half over the Bills. That two and a half to me is like bait. Like, they, they just want you to take the Chiefs. And I don't know if this line's going to move because I feel like if it gets to three, you know, you're going to get money coming on the, on the bills. This is going to be a, 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 um, a juggling act. This is going to be something that the, the books are going to have to deal with. You know, uh, Chris Andrews over at the South Point, you know, Johnny Avello at DraftKings. I mean, these, these guys are going to have a, a difficult job here of how they're going to deal with this point spread because two and a half, jump in on the Chiefs. Gets the three, jump in on the Bills. They're going to have to keep fluctuating this thing throughout the week based on where the money comes in. And where does it close? I mean, the key number's three here. I don't think it ever gets the three and a half. But, uh, I mean, three is right around, you know, it, it, it could close right there. And watch it end on three. And it's going to be those that got in at two and a half on the Chiefs or the victors. You can wait for a three on the Bills. I don't know if it's ever going to come. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Sky, if you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcasts. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcasts and get beating the book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They are all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Scott Seidenberg here with you. It is the look ahead on vcin, the sports betting network. Uh, Taking a look at the action for Tuesday in the NBA, we have just two games on the schedule. No lines are out just yet. Uh, the Knicks are hosting the Timberwolves, and the Warriors are hosting the Pistons. It's such a weird week in the NBA because Monday, full slate of games for Martin Luther King Jr. Day, right? Huge slate of games. Tuesday, just two games on the schedule. Wednesday, you got a full slate of NBA games. And then on Thursday, just three games on the schedule. <laughs> it is so weird this week. Um, but here on Tuesday, just two games. Knicks at home against the Timberwolves 
and the Warriors at home against the Pistons. No lines are out just yet. I would expect the Warriors to be heavily favored. Uh, Knicks and Timberwolves honestly don't know what to make about this game. Um, the Hornets beat the Knicks without LaMelo Ball on Monday, 97-87. Uh, Bridges scored 38 points in that game. I would think the Knicks, the Knicks would bounce back against the Timberwolves. Um but we'll see. Uh, don't know, you know, when, if Cam Reddish is going to play, when he's going to play. Um, Tom Thibodeau said that he's going to be out for a while. So don't know when uh, we're going to see him in a Knicks uniform. And we'll see what happens. You know, Kemba Walker's still out. So not sure what to expect. But uh, Knicks coming off a loss on Monday. We'll see if they can bounce back with a win on uh, Tuesday. And in the NHL, I mean, I, I, I've said it before. I'm going to keep riding this over streak with the Florida Panthers. Panthers, Flames, 9 o'clock Eastern time from Calgary. Florida's minus 135, which is really low and makes me think that, that you know, there's something here that I'm missing. Uh, why they're only minus 135 against the Flames. Um, I know that... Uh, Florida's got a four-game winning streak. The Flames are 4-4-4 at home. Mm, You could perhaps, I mean, I could be missing players. Is that what is going on here? Like, maybe I'm going to get the Panthers not playing people. That's something that I have to keep an eye on to see exactly why this spread is this way and if it changes. But anyway, that's where we are. Here with the Panthers, um, like maybe Bavrovsky's not playing. I don't know. Um, he's been so great this year, though. So we'll see um, what is going on with the Florida Panthers. The one thing I will play, though, is the over because this team is on a streak of overs. They're 8-1 and one in their last nine games. All nine of them since... The resumption after the Christmas slash COVID break have gone over six and a half goals, which is what the total is here for this game against the Flames. Let me read you the total goals in their last nine games. Seven, 12, seven, eight, 11, seven, Seven, eight, eleven. Total is six and a half here for the Panthers against the Flames. I'm going to keep riding this over trend with the Florida Panthers and uh, thinking that, you know, this train is not going to stop. And if it does, it does. And look, it wouldn't be the first time I've jumped in on a streak and it's come to a close, right? You know, it's kind of like jumping in on the Grizzlies and then watching them lose and having their, you know, winning streak snapped or jumping in on the Suns when they had their long winning streak earlier in the season and then jumping in and then seeing it snapped. It happens, right? I mean, one of the best uh, pieces of advice someone gave me in the sports betting industry is, like, as a handicapper, you can never win enough to satisfy everyone because there's always going to be somebody that comes in 
at the end of a winning streak. You know, you can give out picks and you can win 99 straight games. There's always going to be that one person or many. There's always going to be somebody that tells you on the 100th pick and the one that loses. There's always going to be somebody that comes in at the end of a streak. So you can never sat, you can never win enough to satisfy anybody. It's the same thing. I'm going to bet the over here. Could the under come in? Absolutely. But I feel pretty good about the over just based on the scoring barrage that has happened for this team uh, over the past nine games. And the over in the first period is one and a half. And I'm pretty confident that we're going to get some some goals here in the first period of this game. Uh, First period, let's see. If we look now at the first period goals, well, that's player first period goals. I want to see team first period goals. Uh, Let's see. Mm, Again, this is player first period goals. Uh, Anyway, I'll get you for it and see exactly where we are right here with the um, over trends here. Let's see. The Florida Panthers this year. Yeah, they've gone over 21 and 12. So 21 overs, 12 unders in the first period. It's pretty good. Calgary, 17 and 17. All right. But really, it's the Florida Panthers who I'm backing here on this trend. Nine straight overs since the resumption of play. Total is six and a half, and it's going to go over. The six and a half, as I mentioned, all nine of those games have gone over six and a half goals. Uh, So that's the NHL uh, look at it right now. And real quick, because I'm curious about this. I wanted to see what the futures market looked like in the NHL. Because you got some teams that are starting to separate themselves from the pack, if you will. Like right now, I mean, the Panthers are the hottest team in hockey, okay? They are, uh, they have the most points in the league, so they're in the running for the President's Trophy. They are the second favorite to win the President's Trophy right now, plus 330. The Avalanche are still the first favorite at plus 250. The, The Avs right now are four points back of the Panthers. What's also interesting is that the Lightning are tied with the Panthers for the most points in the league. They are a plus 600 to have the President's Trophy as the team with the most points. Uh, The Panthers are the favorite to win the Eastern Conference along with the Lightning, plus 400 for the Panthers, plus 425 for the Lightning. The Maple Leafs, plus 425 as well. Trying to find any value down the list uh, I mean, I'd look at the Rangers, if we're being honest, and I'm not just being a homer here because I'm a Ranger fan, but the Rangers are plus 1,200. They're in first place in the Metropolitan Division. They keep this up. You know, they're, it's, it's all bunched up between the Rangers, Hurricanes, Penguins, and Caps, but if the Rangers keep this up and, and you know, they get healthy and 
This is a team that if they win the Metropolitan Division, you're getting them at plus 1,200 to win the East. Now, things have to happen. Obviously, it comes down to a hot goaltender. And with Chesterkin, you never know. Uh, to win the West, the Avalanche are your favorite, plus 200. And then the Golden Knights, plus 330. Uh, Avalanche currently 53 points. The Knights, 48 points. Both of them in first place in their respective divisions. So that's just a quick look at what's going down in the NHL. Here's what's going down this morning on Follow the Money. At 9 a.m., Fran Fraschilla, ESPN basketball analyst, will join the program at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Mike Golick, uh, uh, former Mike and Mike radio host, uh, former NFL defensive lineman, Westwood One, will join the program. And then Nate Tice from The Athletic, uh, he's their film room analyst, will join at 9.45 a.m. Eastern Time coming up this morning on follow the money you can follow me on twitter at scott's on air s-c-o-t-t-s-o-n-a-i-r we'll continue to go through the trends and the stats leading up to the divisional round of the nfl playoffs for the rest of this week it's the look ahead here on vsin the sports betting network This, this, this.